0: There's nothing to stop a players in playing one year from being the best thrower in the world.
1: Welcome to Clocker Counter. I'm Ryan Young, and with me is James Wiseman. So this should be releasing on Christmas. So this is our Christmas episode, and we're going to talk about what we're thankful for and what we're looking forward to in the next year. But before that, let's get an update from James.
0: Very quick update. Thank you to everyone who reached out after our last episode. Obviously, some people were being nice and saying, don't worry, like we listen, we like the podcast, that's good. But I definitely got several, are you okays? <laughs> and I'd say, yes, I'm okay. Just lacking a little bit of motivation. But if it's any consolation, today I had another, which is very common, five-hour Frisbee day, three hours of Ultimate, two hours of Freestyle, so... I'm still putting in the time, just not quite as motivated as you but it was very much appreciated. So thank you for everyone who reached out and thank you for the people who all listen. I'll also say that the first time in a long time, we are recording a whole week early, which is (laughs) absolutely incredible. I tried every excuse I could come up with to not record when you texted me this morning, but here we are
1: ahead of schedule so that's great (laughs) that's because i am flying on the our normal recording time which is three hours before we release it (laughs) maybe i strategically asked you to fly out that day so we could
0: (laughs) break our streak and start getting a little more lazy but no this is great we'll be relaxed that's cool that's so soon so you're actually coming out next week a week from today yeah i'll be landing in like a weekend two hours Wow, time flies. Also, I don't want to jinx it, but it looks like my next guest after you will be Edo Turi, which is going to be wow, pretty exciting. Spin factory. He is. Yeah, <laughs> I hope we can keep him entertained. That's always my concern because I'll definitely be doing a lot of
1: work. But, <laughs> Are you going to get know, a red carpet to roll out?
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, I feel kind of bad because in ideal circumstances, I would bring him out while the Duke Freestylers were in town but it's going to be winter break soon from school. So no one's going to be here except me, but there was definitely a part of me in my darkest heart that said, I'm actually so glad it's just going to be me and Edo. So we can just jam to our heart's content. Now I would have loved him to jam with Will, especially (laughs) Um, again, we, I had a jam with Will and Brendan today and another day where Will was playing at Edo levels. So that's a little bit disappointing, but I think it'll be really fun for me to get to play with him I think I said this on our last podcast. I don't know, but I never saying enough that but Addo is just the most exciting player for me. So I feel like I should probably should be getting in shape now. It's time is going by so quickly. I've been getting a little lax. I think today I had mostly cookies for food. Just I've done that mostly <laughs> cookies. Is that unusual? Of, I don't. <laughs> today, yeah, I mean today this is absolutely true. Today I woke up. I had six chocolate chip cookies and a Diet Coke. I will say that's my last Diet Coke in my house. And I told Margaret that we were no longer buying Diet Coke in our house. I'm still allowed to have it if I'm traveling
1: or at a restaurant. That's like the least worst thing to cut out of your diet.
0: Well, unclear. (laughs) Science is very uncertain. It's almost the opposite of our stretching analysis, where my point about stretching is there's been so much. Research and none of it has come to any meaningful conclusion, which makes me think it's not very good or it doesn't make much of a difference. Diet Coke is a more complicated subject because there's also been an enormous amount of research Mm -hmm. on aspartame. And I tell myself, because this is important to me to be able to drink Diet Coke, that if it was so bad for me, there would probably be more evidence out there. But that was a better argument last year. But a couple of months ago, the World Health Organization put out a absolutely biting report about diet sodas and mm-hmm. Diet Coke in particular. Although there were some responses to that. I haven't dug in. I'm kind of looking. I'm putting I'm burying my head in the sand on Diet Coke. I really don't want to <laughs> know anything about it, but I I am cutting it down. So but to go back to my day of eating six cookies, chocolate chip cookies and a Diet Coke. Then I played three hours of ultimate and then I went to a barbecue place. I got two orders of fries, an order of hush puppies, mac and cheese, which I only nibbled on and a pulled pork sandwich. And then we jammed for two hours and then I just ate more cookies of various types. So that, that was my diet today. But now you reminded me, Edo is coming. I should be doing pushups every day. I should be getting geared up to play at a top level I'm sure with Christmas coming, I will mostly continue to eat cookies and sweets, but I'll at least do a little bit better so that I'm primed and ready to go when Edo gets here. What am I going to... Edo's going to want to eat like salad all day. I don't have to
1: figure <laughs> out how learn, to feed how did him. how to Google what that means. <laughs> I will say
0: one of the most stressful things for me hosting is that I know my guests want to eat normal food, but I don't eat normal food. So it's like very <laughs> difficult for me. Does
1: Edo drink coffee? You're going to have to like learn a whole bunch of new skills. Uh, so many new skills.
0: <laughs> for instance, I know... You know, like Juliana Corver has a very specific diet, but she is so used to the fact that no one can accommodate her that she mostly takes care of herself, which is great for me. But that <laughs> will be a a tricky one. But we'll make it work. We'll make it happen.
1: You should ask what I ate for my sustenance for today. What did you have? Maple syrup. <laughs> That's it. Nothing else. I had a lot of other things, but that's the main thing I eat on the bike. I know you do.
0: (laughs) It's it's pretty gross to me.
1: I mean, you also. I I mean, it is
0: gross. (laughs) I tell anyone who will listen about the period in 2018 where you decided that flat Coke lukewarm was the best sports drink. And that's just what you were drinking. That's what they
1: use for testing in sports drink. (laughs) Like science experiment. That's the baseline. (laughs) Or I mean, it's because Gatorade is expensive. You just like can buy Coke anywhere in the world and shake the carbonation out and you have a sports drink. It's it's appalling.
0: It's appalling to me. Um, Okay, All right. So I guess we're going to do first a retrospective and then more of a prospective. So tell us what you're thankful for from 2023 and perhaps some of the goals you set for yourself and the things that you achieved this
1: year. Okay. I think what I'm most thankful for is the opportunity to teach very enthusiastic new players, not even new players, just enthusiastic players like Will. And now I'm starting to get some of my ballet friends to take at least the Duke method amount of time. And yeah, yeah, Now that I'm not competing or improving myself at like the highest level and putting a lot of time into myself, like I can see where like I want to spend time figuring out the best way to teach other people. And I need other people to be excited about the same thing. So it's important. Yeah.
0: Meaning excited about teaching or excited excited to learn? I need students. Well, in one year's time, you should be. Packing up to come to like two years time. <laughs> I thought we were down to one year, isn't it? 2020? I'm
1: retiring in one year, but I can't move immediately. Oh my goodness! Like, well, I've to never told you, you anything about that. We're gonna have <laughs> like a, I 2025. I Orientation week. That's like when I'll be there. That's like the <laughs> deadline. I told Brendan today that
0: you would be here by this time next year. Well, now we know who's the better listener. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's. I mean, I'm mostly projecting what I want to be the truth, <laughs> but we'll see. We'll we'll have some talks about it. I'm sure I can get you here a little bit earlier.
1: I mean, I'll be visiting for long periods of time because I won't have a job, but I. have to sell my house i mean all the i can't give up the seattle summer in 2025 it's It's because you like you just like it too much yeah it's like the perfect place to have summer and all my friends are here it's like one last hurrah
0: well here tomorrow is a miserable winter day but up to today it's been 50 or 60 degrees every day so the seasons here that have good weather are extensive so i don't think you'll be
1: too bummed to be here okay yeah well my i'll see what it's like in next week so what else are you thankful for that
0: was i thought we were (laughs) i could only think of you told me 10 minutes ago one other thing that you were maybe it was in the goal category so maybe yeah the goal category
1: it was the judging system version three and when i started version one of the judging system the goal was to be able to hand it off to someone else and Mm -hmm. it took six years but version three can be handed off i'm gonna pass on my judging responsibilities where i had judge responsibilities to timic this year and he's gonna run worlds with the system wow i almost need to go to worlds just to see that
0: (laughs) yeah so why how extreme are you going to take this i feel like If there's a problem in the middle of the round, you should just be sitting in the corner eating a banana saying good luck.
1: (laughs) Well, the point of version three is it's stable enough that that won't be a problem.
0: I mean, in fairness, the last few events, there hasn't been
1: any mid round issues as far as I remember. Yeah, we haven't had mid round issues in like years like that. The mid round issue is the scary one, but that hasn't happened in like forever since like a sunbreak or a potlatch it's yeah i feel like
0: people have kind of already forgotten about that yeah it's that
1: between rounds or like after like the seating like those are all the tricky parts that are more complicated yeah and that's what version three really makes easy now
0: got it it's interesting Any other goals, any freestyle skill goals? I feel like I don't even want to know the answer to this. You're just going to say, no, you haven't
1: tried to do anything this year. Every year I try and learn one new move, but I, I had it in my brain like a couple months ago. I can't remember what the move is. So clearly you didn't learn it if you don't even remember it. It was like, oh, this is easier than I thought. And then I just forgot what it is. It could have Mm. been like the inside like teabag, but I think that was two years ago. Was That was two years ago's move.
0: Duke Freestylers eat that move for breakfast. That's an easy one. You could do that in your sleep.
1: Well, yeah, that's why I was like, oh, this will be this year's move because it's just kind of free. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm
0: -hmm. Do you think when you're here in 2025 spring (laughs) that being around more enthusiastic new players will in any way rekindle your interest in developing yourself I have no doubt I'm not going to let you say otherwise that you will be fired up about freestyle when that happens but do you think it'll fire you up about developing your own game again I
1: don't think so really I think actually no I'm changing my answer there are unexplored parts of freestyle that I would like to improve in but not anything that's already been like explored or like There's like not anything someone's good at already. I wouldn't be doing those type of improvements anymore.
0: Interesting. You remind me of one thought I've had recently, which to me feels really fresh and exciting. But when I say it, it's going to (laughs) sound nuts like that. It's going to sound like, well, don't we all do this? But it's pretty rare to have this opportunity where I basically play with Will all the time. I mean, this is probably more normal for other people, but... In New York, we actually were blessed with so many freestylers that I was playing with lots of different people all the time. And it wasn't really the same. I mean, I played a lot with Dougie, but it was just kind of a different circumstance. But With Will, I feel like just like you as an individual would learn some very difficult move that's not necessarily like high utility, but it's just like a really cool hard move that you want to learn. I want to build super hard not high utility co-ops with the will. And we've been kind of starting to do that to be like, okay, like here's like a thing that you and I can do because we have so much time. We play together all the time. I think you and mentioned this
1: idea to me. It was like a trick shot video, but the freestyle version.
0: Well, it, I think the seeds of the idea were we thought about doing a study tape as two people. And well, how is it different from doing a jam video, but just being like, just like you, you make a study it. tape. You're like what we hear, <laughs> Here's like 12 crazy ideas that we've never done before. We will just do them over and over and over again until we get it. And I feel like we've been doing it, we've been doing a little bit more like that we've been, when we filmed the last couple of times where if we come on some cool idea, we'll give it like a good 10 or 15 tries to see if we can get it right. But it's still like generally in the context of a jam. But now I'm sort of more interested in it outside the study tape context and just in terms of being like, why don't we learn two-person moves? I mean, obviously, there are combos at that point. Mm-hmm. But I think framing it as a move sort of changes your perception of it. It's something mm-hmm. you're learning together. And look, there's obviously things like that. Because there's a common vocabulary of like tip backs and like things that people do. But this would be more sophisticated because I do think there's a whole subset of things moves that you can't that you need to learn i mean just like you need to learn how to move your body in specific Mm -hmm. ways to do a move you would need to learn how to do two person combinations in the same way i have
1: so many i have ideas that i'm they're still secret but i'll show them at in poland
0: yeah so we've already come up with lots of really cool stuff and it is kind of refreshing because the ground is very well trodden for me personally on individual freestyle. Now I will always say there's a whole wide world of stuff that I can't even conceive of that are beyond the bounds of my imagination. So don't <laughs> get me wrong. I'm not saying that I have figured it all out, but I just mean I've certainly figured out most of what I have thought of <laughs> and like am interested in, but that is not at all true when it comes to two person combos. And I think one of the challenges of it is you need to find someone who has a similar mindset to you. And this is also kind of relates to when you're building routines with people. It's nice to have someone who has a similar practice methodology because if one person wants to practice a lot and the other person doesn't like that doesn't work very well, but there's something similar here of like how many tries will you do before you're getting sick of it, because I will do ten thousand. Yep,
1: that's and, why we work well
0: together. Yeah, and so far, <laughs> one thing that's nice about Will is like I'm always the one who's like, ah, oh, we can move on, and Will's like, no, we can keep going, and I'm like, yes, <laughs> like let's keep trying to do this. Um, The only thing is, and this is probably like always the problem with me is I'm more assertive than Will, so I, I like the thing that I'm excited about. I will make us do ten thousand <laughs> times, but he's doesn't want to try his moves nearly as much I need to like push him to be like no like let's do it where you do it and we've also been doing and he does a good job of doing this of like let's switch roles like let's try it mm-hmm. let's go back and forth of like who's doing what part so that's really certainly interesting to me and I think you would be developing more vocabulary that could become communal so for instance like everyone does tip backs I think that's like the most common two person combo that like everyone understands probably like my favorite thing. I do it all the time, probably to some people's annoyance. But once people see the 10,000 other amazing ideas that we will implement over the next few <laughs> years, those things will start to be more common too. So that I'll, I'll count that as one of my goals for next year. Um, but anyways, uh, I digressed from you talking about, well, I guess I'd asked you if you were going to develop more. So, Going back to you specifically and what you're thinking about next year, you talked about this year the tea bag. You basically forgot about it, but next year you're still going to be in Seattle. You're not going to be here. What do you, What are
1: your freestyle goals? Oh, I do have one. We were going to do technology updates, but we did we missed forgot on the last episode. But because I'm handing off the judging for 2024, I can do something new. And what I want to do is stats. And so I told you very briefly that I made a v- version one of uh, it's like an interface. The idea is you can enter Frisbee moves in real time as they're happening. And then at the end, the computer can just like take everything, archive it, and then you can do all lookups later on. I just want the entering part. And so I built a test interface and I tried it and going in, I was like, I'm going to count these nine things. I'm like, nine is not that many. And like the disc is slow and like five seconds in, I was like, I can't even count three things. I'm like, this is so incredible, (laughs) like so much harder than I thought it was going to be. And so there's going to be some innovation or I don't know, some like learning investment going on, but that's the goal for Poland. I'm gonna have stats. At least even at first we're gonna have stats. Right. At least gonna have catch percentage. That one's very that cool. Do-
0: catch percentage though, it would be literally just your catch percentage, all catches not distinguishing among them, right? Yeah. So have I ever talked on the podcast or on my catch percentage spreadsheet that I made once? I
1: don't think so. You've mentioned it, but we haven't you haven't said <laughs> so, any of the numbers.
0: Well, so I wonder if I can pull it up somewhere. I usually You know how when you're a kid and like, let's say you're eight years old and you do something that's like what an eight-year-old would do. And then when you're nine, you're like really embarrassed about it. And then when you're 10, you're really embarrassed about it. But eventually you get old enough that it's far (laughs) enough away that you're not embarrassed about it anymore. So I would say for many years, I had this spreadsheet. Well, I made it in one year, but like for the first like five years after I made this spreadsheet, I was pretty reticent to talk about it because I was kind of embarrassed that I had done this. Um, but now it's been long enough and I'm out of the sport enough that I don't mind talking about it. But I had a job once. I won't say what job it was where I really didn't have a lot to do. And so and I like couldn't really do the kinds of normal things that people do when they are bored at work because of like the technologies. <laughs> Basically, I was like, whatever I need to do needs to be something I can do in a Microsoft product <laughs> that like... Doesn't require the internet. And so basically, I downloaded every single routine I'd ever been in that I had. So, like, that was everything on YouTube, everything my own files. And I won't say what year it was up to because that would reveal where I was working at the time. But I basically, I actually, looking back, I'm kind of proud of myself because I'm not a coder. So, all I had was Google. Sheets or... I can't remember if I did Google Sheets or Excel. I think I had to move at some point. But I basically built a coding system into Excel so that I could code all my catches and whether or not I caught them. And I did it routine by routine, year by year. And it let me calculate my catch percentage for every catch, whether it was single spinning, double spinning, right side, left side, OSIS, not OSIS. And there was a lot of interesting data I could pull. So I could see... Basically, like if my catch percentage was 85%, my win rate was something, let's say like 40%. But if my catch rate was 90%, my win percentage was 95% or whatever. (laughs) I don't know. I'm like making these numbers up. But so I could see more directly the impact of my catch percentage on winning. And I could see which catches... I was strong at and which catches I was weak at. And it didn't actually necessarily match up with my expectations, which was interesting. So you I think most people would have a sense of what they think are their go-tos. I'm really strong at this and I'm not strong <laughs> at this, but it didn't really match that. And there's like a couple of details that I remember, and I'm vaguely trying to see if I can find it. I have not looked at it in a really long time. But I remember that I was my worst catch with Scarecrow by a lot, which is like kind of shocking, given if I recall that I drafted myself in Scarecrow and <laughs> our moves draft. But I my explanation, which is not backed in science, is it probably has something to do with I'm Scarecrowing because I'm bailing and it wasn't necessarily what I planned. But I also remember that by far, my best catch was Flamingo. I think I'd never dropped a Flamingo in like <laughs> 10 years or something. Okay, I found it. So I made this like cool system where I gave every catch a code. And then the code had modifiers for like spinning and spin direction. And then I could just have an Excel function that would measure. And I had like a way of indicating whether it was a catch or a drop. And then I could just make like a basic Excel function to like look for this code and calculate it. So, I found my sheet. I was kind of delaying while I looked for it. And somewhere I had down here, I have my catch totals. Oh man, this is really cool. You can also, there's like graphs. So, you can look at a catch and you can see how it improved or got worse <laughs> over time. So, last I looked at it, I have my Fleming catch graph and it has my, this is actually interesting. This is a graph that shows attempts. So I'll give you some of the years so that it's not too revealing. So in 2012, I had one Fleming attempt in a routine that peaked in 2014 at 18, which <laughs> is a lot. My catch percentage in 2014 for Fleming was 94%. Wow. Okay. Which is pretty good. Okay, but here, here are some total numbers. Oh man, some of this is embarrassing. This is actually crazy. So my number one catch and this is up to time this would not be true today i guarantee you my number one <laughs> most done catch chair i should have asked you to guess chair okay i was going to go under get, the
1: leg based on context of your setup you know how many under legs i have on here i'm going to go how, wait tell me the number of chairs 88 okay uh 24 0 0
0: <laughs> there's zero under the legs on here I wonder maybe I didn't just put it in this graph because I just like don't even care about under the leg. You never
1: had like a double spinning bale into
0: an under-the-leg. I'm looking, you'd have to go back far enough. So it starts in 2012, but I don't have much data for 2012. And the only time I can remember catching under the legs in competition was in 2012. And I don't I'm not familiar enough with the spreadsheet to tell how I coded that. But let me go back to the totals because that's more interesting. Guess what my number two catch was? Flamingo. You got it. Actually, no. It was crow. They're they're really close. Crow, (laughs) I did 84. (laughs) Flamingo, I did 83. But okay, let me give you some outliers. So I did 83 flamingos, caught 93% of them. Crow, 84 attempts, only caught 74%. Um, Gytosis, 60%. Sixty percent. How many total? Not very many. Five <laughs> barrel, which means like spinning barrel. Eighty-seven percent bad attitude. One hundred percent. My lowest catch is a flamingosis. I only had eleven, but I had sixty-four percent. But oh, but that's that's only for non-spinning variations. <laughs> let's talk about let's talk about spinning double spinning chairs. Hit 94%, except my graph is too big. How do I shrink it?
1: When was the last time you dropped a double spinning chair? I remember from what mine was. I have no idea. That would, be, that
0: would take me longer to figure <laughs> out. This is pretty bad. Um, is this real? Oh, man, you're actually going to love it. I can't even say this. This can't be right. This has to be a mistake. Okay. Uh, This can't be right. I'm not going to say it. It's not right. There's no way. It's impossible.
1: I want to know what the data, I want to know what the number is so I can... I'm just going to say it claims... Okay.
0: And this calls into question the entire spreadsheet. (laughs) It claims that a certain double spinning move, I had a 13% catch rate on. And you know why I don't believe that? Because all my other doubles are 71, 82, 79, 75, 75, 100. My
1: double rates are really good. Is the amount of attempts on that low outlier the same as the other ones, like in the same range? It's in the middle. Okay. All
0: right, let me see if there's anything else interesting to mine here. So, wow, there's some crazy stuff here. Okay, here's another interesting chart I made. Man, I must have had a lot of time on my (laughs) hands. So in 2000, here's like an interesting comparator. 2012, my total catch rate on all catches was only 72% but by the time i got to 2017 that was up to 80 or 2016 it was up to 86.5% and that's good that's about a drop or two around because generally every round you can see I've got like 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15. Actually, so it's like normal to have between like 10 to 15 catches. So like 86 means you drop it like two times or three times. Does mm-hmm. that sound right? Yeah. Um, okay, I won't do this too much longer. I'm trying to find <laughs> more like awkward ones. 2014, my double rate was 60%. wah. My best... Double rate was in the 80s, 80%. You know what's really interesting? I wonder if this is true for everybody. My single spinning rate is like my best catch rate by far. Like it's better than no spin and it's better than a double. I like think the it's a single spin's in the yeah. 90%. Yeah, because you're kind of like
1: it has to be a good opportunity. Yeah, you're
0: setting yourself up yeah. like you would for a double. Like mm-hmm. you're setting yourself really nicely and thoughtfully, but it's not as hard as to double. Yeah. Whereas like non-spinning, you who knows what you're trying to <laughs> yeah. what circumstances you're trying to catch it in. I wish I had data from the last couple of years. I'd be really curious. Well, f-
1: starting in 2024, 20, you will
0: Well, I won't be competing. Okay.
1: But <laughs> everyone you knows. Well.
0: Um I bet you it was really good a couple of years. I'm trying to avoid saying what year I did this. But uh I don't think it would have been that good like the last year or so. I think well it's, once we change the new system, especially yeah. <laughs> Like, I think the value of catching it dropped a lot. Anyways, um, I think I also was working on some functionality where I had forced errors where it, like, wasn't my fault that I didn't catch it. <laughs> but I don't know if I ever, like, implemented it. And it was pretty rare to actually have what I considered, like, a forced error. This is kind of cool. Sometimes I have to do stuff like this at work, and I, like, I find it fun to use Excel to like finding creative ways to use Excel to do more complicated things than it's really designed to do. I mean it's designed to do really complicated things, but not like, you know, track catches and free stuffers B. However, I know the the solutions that I come up with, given that I'm not really trained to do this kind of thing, probably look woefully complicated and mm-hmm. patchworky to anyone <laughs> who A, knows how to use Excel, but B, someone like you who would just not use Excel and just build a program
1: that does it properly. We have a whole team of people that just do what you just did just now. Yeah. And like each of them, when I talk to them, it's amazing. It's like magic. You mean like they build the system that does it or they, we have a database, but I'm not good enough to get what I want out of the database, but they write like this 50 line query that does like this five sentence. I give them like five sentences of instructions, like between these dates players that have this, but not this. And then like when they do have this, they have like five of them and then yeah, they like write SQL the queries. Yeah. SQL queries.
0: Yeah. That's pretty cool. I work with some economists at work and we have some cases with like reams and reams of data and they do like really cool SQL queries that are beyond my knowledge, but it's pretty cool. Um, okay. I digressed. Any other goals going forward this year?
1: I think that's it for me. No, no, like freestyle skill goals for this year. Certainly not. Okay, I'm trying to think why. Oh, skill goals. No, I do have routine goals, but I don't really count that as like improving myself.
0: Well, I thought you were going to say that one of your this makes I'm like throwing you under the bus here. I don't mean to, but I thought you were going to say one of the things you were thankful for and you mentioned will, but I mean playing with newer players and competition, I think is something that you really value and have implemented quite successfully this year.
1: Yeah. But wait, how does that fit in with skill goals? Uh, not really, but I mean,
0: you just mentioned playing with newer people. So I was just thinking that was a big part of what you did last year. I do. But I think what's interesting is that what you achieved, like the part of like will winning is. Not the part that's so impressive. It's the amount of time you put into training Will in the routine context. I mean, you guys practiced a lot and he improved
1: a lot. Yeah. (laughs) I'm trying to think how to describe it. It's, oh yeah, there's like two different, there's like practice a lot or a little and then improve a lot or a little and I think it's easy to do any of the three other combinations, but to practice a lot and to improve a lot, that's like what you want. And it was rare and it was it's a sweet spot. Yeah. It was a pleasure to do it with Will.
0: Yeah. Watching anyone get better is just like a special feeling. All right. So I'll give you what I'm thankful for and what I'm looking forward to, and then we can wrap up. So I'm mine, will of course, be longer than yours, obviously. <laughs> okay. Uh, no one will be surprised by that so i'm thankful that i retired and that i have no regrets about it because that wasn't totally obvious to me that that would be the case and look things can change there's no like rule that says i can't come back to play if i want to play but i think a lot of my life i was very worried that my drive to freestyle would diminish or sorry that my drive to freestyle wouldn't diminish and that it would make like the rest of my life much more complicated because being driven to freestyle is an amazing feeling, but it's also very hard to feel like you have to organize your life around freestyle and being able to go to events and accommodating school and work and all that stuff. And I always thought that I would be, I would struggle to transition out of freestyle and that hasn't been the case at all so far. And I feel so much more contentment and freestyle than I ever did before. So there's kind of like a cost to drive, right? That I think is maybe not discussed enough, which is that part of why you're driven is that you're not satisfied and you're not content. Mm -hmm. And especially in our country, people really value that and hold it up as something that we should all be driven and work towards our goals. But there's an alternative value system that would say it's very (laughs) nice to feel contentment and feeling like I accomplished the things that I wanted to accomplish in freestyle and I don't really need to do anymore is very comforting. A related aspect of that is I always thought it would be really hard to watch the next generation come in and unseat me and make me (laughs) irrelevant and it's actually been the opposite experience and it feels amazing to watch growth. You know, obviously I'm thinking mostly about will, but it's the best. And I'm almost (laughs) sort of like, why wasn't I pushing for this earlier? (laughs) And then I guess like you kind of, everyone has to go through the phase or like, I think it's fair this is it for everybody or it's not necessarily the right answer, but I think it's fair or acceptable for people to spend most of their youth on working on themselves and like working towards what they need to accomplish their goals in life. But I think at a certain point you transition to another phase and it's great when that transition is smooth and (laughs) not forced on you. Or I think it's also terrible if that transition never occurs. I mean, I think about it, this is a bad example. I don't really know that much, but, You know, if you watch the last dance, the Michael Jordan documentary, you hear about him like that guy never transitioned. Like Michael (laughs) Jordan is seems like a very unhappy person to me because he is still driven to be the best. But you just can't do it forever and you have to stop at a certain point. So that's been really great. And I'm also thankful that I still feel like I'm learning and and actually, let me pause, go back on one other thing on being content. Even though i am been saying I'm a lot less motivated to freestyle, maybe I put it in that terms because I'm so used to being hyper-motivated to freestyle. But you could reframe the whole thing as saying, like I'm content with what I've done and the fact that I don't want to be talking to you about freestyle at midnight every Sunday. <laughs> it's not <laughs> because I'm down on freestyle it's just that psychopathic behavior and I'm less attuned to that now than I was a few years ago. So that's another spin on it. but I also feel like I am still learning and this kind of like goes to the next topic of what did I learn this year It's probably more like a three year arc but you know I'm so much better at spinning my week direction now. And I don't feel like, like, I feel like one of my big freestyle goals has been having perfect symmetry. And I feel like for many years, maybe not true as much anymore as I've talked about with the Duke players being more clock, but for many years, I felt like I was as good at counter as clock, but you know, when I went to do spinning catches, I was spinning my clock spin. So like it was still counter and I was still (laughs) hitting a double, but it like, it was kind of like a wrinkle in my obsession with symmetry and now I finally feel like I'm spinning the natural counter direction much better. There's still a long way to go. But now like if I hit, like, the best way to think about it is if, you know, someone's watching and I hit like six crazy moves counter, I'm going for my natural counter <laughs> double. I'm not like, well, now I got to do my clock spinning double because that's the as Like, no, like I will go for a counter double the right way. So that's a good feeling. And then I did finally conquer foot taps, immediately forgot how to do it. don't know if I can still do it, but I did it, (laughs) said I can do it. Don't need to keep working on it. Um, So that was all good. I don't know if I have any other goals that are worth like talking about anymore in this podcast. So for next year, one of my goals is going to be to work on my throws. So my newfangled spin meter was shipped (laughs) yesterday.
1: Oh, it'll be there when I get there. Probably.
0: I mean, shipping's pretty fast. So I almost regret I say that because you will see the truth. It might not be what we want to see. I'm telling you, like I have the one that you and I both have, and it is a day-by-day measure. There are some days where I'm like, wow, I throw 800 RPM and that's it. And there's some days where I throw 900 RPM. But why I can't throw consistently is that's a beyond problem me. i think <laughs> i don't know i i don't know so we'll we'll have the truth <laughs> soon so i i want to work on that and get better and part of it is that you know throwing is not throwing obviously improves when you're a new player but there's nothing to stop a players in playing one year from being the best thrower in the world <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. there are a lot of duke freestylers that are throwing like 920 RPM already and <laughs> I want—I don't want to feel like I'm not keeping up with the Joneses there so and that is one of the benefits of having these new players is well here's another spin on the people like improving around you is you know we've talked a lot at least with each other and probably the pockets at some point I think the best part about freestyle is the learning stage where people are all better than, better than you mm-hmm. and you are like working to be like them and There's 10,000 reasons that's the case, but I don't get to feel that feeling very much anymore, but there's a lesser version of it, which is obviously there's Duke players that are better than me at lots of random things and working to get better at what they're good at gives me that same feeling of like, Mm. they're like, Oh, like you did my move (laughs) and you did a pretty good job. And I'm like, yes, like I did it. Like I'm trying to do the thing you're doing. So I think mean it's a good feeling when people are proud of you and you can have that from players that are generally not as good as you but like if they're proud that like i think anytime i hit like a 10 foot tap combo i can see that the duke guys are (laughs) extremely fired up for me even though we all know it looks totally lame anyways uh other random aside we were guide over brendan today it was very fun okay i took some video we'll see how it looks (laughs) brendan was a trooper didn't Didn't even flinch the entire (laughs) time. Um, Okay, so throwing is one goal. I'm going to keep working on my weak spins. Oh, one of my goals this year that I accomplished and I feel really good about is my one-legged spinning. So I feel like I got that a lot faster than I thought I would. And now I'm exploring more complicated variations. Like today I was doing a one-legged double spinning flamingitis pull. That feels really cool. So I want to keep working on that. Um, What else? I don't know. I like to work on more leg traps and leg rolls and leg things. And then, like I said before, working on these two-person moves, as I'm going to call them. And then, of course, you'll be here. You can assess. But I do think I've made major strides in my crosswind roll set. It's still not perfect, but... A hundred thousand times more frequency, I roll set it the way that I want to. Okay, maybe it's still only like 30% of the time, but it's also (laughs) like if I don't, the other 70% it's still catchable. Yeah, like it's perfectly easy to catch, but you're probably not going to hit like a triple off of it. But like 30% of the time, I feel like that's exactly the way it should be. You mean you're rivaling
1: the Jake set? That's what you're yeah, saying. I
0: believe that you I mean you've <laughs> given me nines before in my role set. But so Jake you can act. yeah,
1: Jake is the ten. So.
0: yeah, I'm totally happy with that pro- I mean, that is literally a eight year project. And <laughs> I mean there were years where every single day I just practiced the crossman role set and It's just that hard. And by the way, if you're sitting at home right now being like, well, I know how to do that. You don't. I promise you. (laughs) As far as I know, no one has ever done a crosswind roll set properly because Jake's is a brush, really, as we've discussed. (laughs) But it's awesome. Although you know who is already like vaguely doing it as well. But (laughs) he has the advantage that he sees me trying it constantly. That was a good learning synergy, though, because they all oh, the two guys wanted to guide us. So it's like, <laughs> great, I'll just practice my rule yeah. set and you guys can guide us. Okay, then my last thing it's not really in any category, but this year I put up a sticker. I think I mentioned this before every time I played in the Spin Factory. And I think if I had had a sticker system and let's say like 2019, there would have been 360 stickers on that thing, and I would have jammed <laughs> too. I mean, like I would wake up, I would practice, and then I go jam. So like, it doesn't count jams; it just counts practice. <laughs> and you know, I had this—I'm trying to get the right analogy, but you know, it's like my whole life. I wanted to have my whole life, my whole freestyle life. I wanted to have a place to play because in New York there was never a place to play. And then, of course, you know, I finally move out to the country buy the big gym to play in have my own space and like at the moment i have everything i ever wanted i'm like i'm not that excited about playing (laughs) (laughs) anymore and you don't even want to know the amount of money i spent to build that thing but i'm very happy to report it's you know even though this is the christmas episode it's december 16th or so i think there is like 80 something or Got like 80 something stickers on there. I'll, I'll do a count and report back. And to me, that's a lot because again, it doesn't count jamming. And I rarely <laughs> do a practice in a jam like I used to. And I probably jammed way more than I practiced. So I probably played like 250 days this year. Wow. That's um, a lot. Maybe more, but I don't know. Maybe I did play more. I do play most days still, but I do think I went years where I played, 360 days a year easily.
1: 360 days.
0: I think I have, you know, dated people who would tell you that I (laughs) play 360 days a year much to their frustration. So, it's a big drop off but I still probably play more than most people. Who do you think is playing more than anyone else in the world right now? Like if you just added up all their minutes this year, who played the most? Edo Turi. No, I doubt it.
1: I don't think so. I thought... I've heard that that's his whole life. That's all he does because it's his job and his I hobby. Think
0: frisbee is his whole life. Oh, but well, I way. don't want to say whole life. That's that's oh, like you're thinking just freestyle. Yeah, just freestyle.
1: I don't even have a good guess.
0: If it was Frisbee, I don't think any freestyle
1: would be in the running. He would be like a disc golf pro. OK, I can't think of I'm trying to think of someone who it's going to be someone we don't It's going to be unintuitive, the real answer, but I'm trying to think of a guess.
0: If our listener base was more proactive, I would love to do a poll because I'm almost as interested in who people think played the most (laughs) versus like who did. But, you know, people did respond to my last call out. So if you do have an idea or who you think played the most or if you think you played the most, let me know. I'd be very curious. I'm going to throw out a couple of random names. Zofia. Okay. I think she's in the running. I think if it was like two years ago, it would be Anka. But I don't think she's played the most this year. Um, Otherwise, my list gets pretty short pretty quick. I mean, I think Will's in the running. I think second half, Will probably played as much as anyone in the world. (laughs) But I don't know if that holds true for the first half. Um, Otherwise, I don't know. It seems like Ollie plays a lot. I don't know. I wish I had more names that came to mind right away. There's probably some Medellin freestylers who play a lot. Mm. I think also Katie, like a couple of years ago, would be in the running. I'm not sure if she's in the running this year. Um, Need more study be, tapes. I know. It, you know, it, like it's actually making me really sad that I might be in the running this year. <laughs> which, because, like, which only makes me sad because I think I easily won that seven years in a row. And that I had no doubt in my mind. Wait, you
1: think you played more frisbee than i oh no from like 2016 maybe oh, okay. even like i think i won from like 20, to, 2009 to 2014 sure okay i have some doubts about that <laughs> but like
0: 2014 to 2020 okay maybe 2019 2020 is when i started to fall off a little bit but like 2017 18 and 19 you would be hard pressed to be Cause I mean, I would definitely in like 2019 would wake up in the morning, I play like 20 minutes to 45 minutes. And then if there was a jam, I would go jam and I would jam for like several hours. Yeah. And that's when I got the best or like, that's when I learned the most for sure. So like it does pay off despite my blasphemy at the last podcast. <laughs> um, okay. 51 minutes somehow <laughs> yeah. you find a way. It's like I'm a professional talker. Uh, Okay, we learned once that you don't know how to take us out. So thanks for listening. Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. Happy holidays. I hope people are out celebrating with friends and family. Um, I hope and can't wait to see everybody next year. Cherish, cherish those around you that you love. My sentimental thought this season is that there are few things, if anything, more important than friendship. And Freestyle has brought me a great many friends, including you, Ryan. So I'm very thankful to have you as a friend and excited that you're coming here in one week's time. We are going to play so much Dota. I just, <laughs> I, you haven't agreed to this ahead of time, but I'm just letting you know I'm in peak Dota condition based okay. on the... 24 hours of dota that okay i'll bring my last couple days i've been playing (laughs) yeah bring your good mouse bring your good mouse we'll report back um so with that write us at at clockercountergmail.com let us know who you think played the most this year and we'll talk to you next time